the Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one today, Toronto lawyer Courtney Betty from Betty's Law, Jerry Agar from the Jerry Agar Show here on News Talk 1010, and another lawyer, why there's a sore feet of lawyers, Karima Sad is here as well. Good morning to you all. Let's start with John Tory, and I won't shape the question. You can take it anywhere you want, because you've had plenty of time to think about it, but the Integrity Commissioner's report came out yesterday, and the one thing I can add to the story is, you probably have your own intelligence as well, but it would seem there's not much appetite on council to take this any further. So the report will be the last word. Let's start with uh, Courtney Betty. Um, that's a good decision by council. I understand that they had to go through the process because there was a complaint filed. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we have to look at the totality of what John Tory has meant for the city. Um, you know, I'm a little bit biased. John's always been uh, very supportive of the work that I've done in terms of the community level. And uh, this is a this is the best decision that the council could make right now, just to leave this alone, let John rebuild himself and make a contribution to the city, which I'm sure he's going to be able to. Okay, and it should be said. I mean, this is based on the footwork by Joe Cristiano and myself that uh, it's not the council has universally said we're not going to do anything. But we talked to several councillors for their pulse, and in particular to a couple of councillors we thought might raise a ruckus. And it seems they have little appetite for it as well. Karima sad. Well, as far as what council could actually do as a sanction, clearly suspending pay is not on the table. So. That leaves a formal reprimand. And I wonder if, you know, the horse has already been beaten to death and there's not really much more that needs to come out of council on this. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Agar, and you've had plenty of time to think about this now, and you were doing it on your show yesterday. But, I mean, the guy quit. So what more would anybody want? Well, exactly. I mean, first of all, you have the fact that the integrity commissioner recommended that there not be uh, a penalty. And if there were to be a penalty, what could it possibly be? I mean, uh, you know, from the crazies who were writing yesterday on the text board saying he should be in prison, yeah. uh, you know, uh, to people who still think he's an angel. I mean, everything's in between. But but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, as Kareem is saying, there's what's the penalty? Like, the, you, you, he left. He's yeah. done. Uh, I suppose a finger wagging, but what's the point? It would seem, I think, gratuitous and kind of petty. Yeah. Uh, the feds claim the grocery prices should fall soon. It should be, you know, Professor Sylvain Charlebois was on and he said some of the things that Minister Champagne has been doing are actually going to be effective. But we're also entering into a period of time where grocery prices either hold or go down. Jerry? Well, uh, until, unless the government wants to do the things they could do to reduce grocery prices, um, reduce the size of government, the spending of government, which contributes to inflation, get rid of the carbon tax, rework the supply system that drives up uh, eggs and milk and products like that, um, it, unless the government wants to uh, at attempt to do something about what they do that drives up the price of groceries and everything else, uh, I find it uh, very precious and hypocritical uh, that they're wagging their fingers at the grocery operators. I guess it's so you don't look at government. Yeah, but Karima said we were told that input prices has gone up, so the grocery retailers had no choice. A lot of those input prices have gone down, and we haven't seen much of a climb down in pricing. Right. And, I mean, that's always the case, right? When do prices 
go down. Um, I think that the public pressure and the fact that everyone needs to eat and grocery bills as part of a household budget, the more that that takes up, the, the less money there is for people to do other things. And people are cutting back on what they eat and how. Uh, and that's detrimental to all of us. So, you know, whatever movement can be made on this, uh, I, I think it's an important issue. Yeah, Courtney Betty, a caller not long ago on the show, I thought had an interesting point, which was back in the day when he was all fresh and new and it was sunny ways, Justin Trudeau probably had the assuasion to intimidate the grocery retailers. Now, not so much. Well, I, I totally agree with the caller, John. I mean, so, you know, if you look at this, are we now saying that the grocery chains had it been infl inflating prices and now they're going to bring it down because Justin Trudeau has intervened? I'm not so sure. The, the real challenge that we have is that the government now has to come up with specific strategies targeting individuals that earn a certain amount of money in this country. It's the only way that this is going to help to ease the pain for many individuals. I don't know, is that a form of food stamps or something? It is chaotic, it's difficult, it's hard for many people. The government needs to do something that they can actually control. Apparently, according to the figures, young Canadian households, we're talking people under the age of 35, are giving up on the idea of buying a house. Kareem Asad, I'll start with you. It's always been presumed that everybody's actual dream is to buy a house. Um, so I don't know how to interpret this, because maybe rental is a better option for some budgets. Well, rental is the only option for some budgets. And I fall into this demographic and can say that short of having sort of the bank of mom and dad or being fortunate with either minimal student loans or a well-paying job, uh, it's very difficult to pay current rent prices and also save up for the prospect of a mortgage. So I think that what has been sold as this dream of home ownership, people have abandoned it because it's simply not feasible and that's unfortunate. Uh, Courtney, let me come back to you on this one. Is it something to be lamented that uh, young people just don't think they're going to buy a house? Well, it definitely is, John. And again, it goes back to the whole issue of, of mortgage rates. I mean, my, my prediction is next year, a lot of people are going to be losing their homes because of the high interest rates. And there may be an opportunity in terms of real estate uh, prices going down. But I think more importantly is in the past, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation has always played a major role in helping individuals who, you know, just to meet that threshold so that they can get uh, get a home. And maybe that's something that the government really needs to actively again re-engage for new home buyers, which was the purpose of Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Uh, Jerry Agar, your thoughts, because as Courtney Betty was just saying, people are decrying the fact that mortgage rates going up is making it harder for people to pay for the homes they're in. But if we wanted to make real estate affordable, it is one of the tools. Yeah, over the 1900s, people moved off the farms and into the cities. And maybe now with the technology we have where you can work from anywhere, so to speak, it's time to reverse that trend. And uh, Speaking as a guy from the prairies, Toronto has always been myopic and believes that whatever's going on in Toronto is what's going on in Canada, and it isn't. Uh, so, you know, if, if realistically, maybe it's time to move out of the city where you're just not going to find cheap housing. It's never going to happen. So uh, people have been complaining about the housing prices in Toronto since the 50s 
and 60s. So maybe, you know, it's time to start living somewhere else. Okay, let me ask you something then. I mean, you've been working from home owing to your knee surgery. Right. If you could, would you relocate geographically and continue to host your show? Well, why not? Where'd I you mean, go? The, the only people who need to get this through their head is management. I mean, it, <laughs> it, and I don't just mean our management. I mean management in general. I started talking about this when I first took over this show that I have when I was because of the traffic situation. Like if a percentage of us just stayed home, we'd have less problem on the gardener and the DVP, et cetera, and the 401. But now you add in this aspect of unaffordability. But look around the country. There's all kinds of places where houses are cheap and if you can work from home then home can be wherever you choose okay where would you go I, I don't know. Maybe I'd go live in Gilbert Plains, Manitoba, where I grew up, or, you know, some, I, I don't know, because that isn't uh, available to me. That's a, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure the season is Was that a bit too much commentary? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Very passionate. Uh, right. We got two lawyers in the panel, so uh, let's talk about NCR, not criminally responsible. The subway pusher was found NCR. Um, but, Courtney, there's a reason why this exists, even if it flies up the nose of many. Well, it, it is, John. And, you know, it, it's a very interesting process in the law. And, you know, we have a lot of mental health issues. We keep speaking about those issues. And if someone has a mental health issue, the position of the law is that we're not going to hold them criminal responsible in terms of, you know, providing a penalty for them. However, it doesn't mean that they just walk away is they're gonna to have to serve time in an institution until the point potentially that, uh, that, uh, that that can be addressed. So they don't just walk out on the street. And I think that's uh, the main concern that many people would have. Well, and Karima, worth noting, this is not some sort of Canadian left-wing eccentricity. I mean, not criminally responsible reaches back to the insanity defense, which was first argued in England in the middle of the 19th century. Yeah, I would reiterate, it's not a get out of jail free card. And in some cases, um, because it requires ongoing monitoring and assessment, people can end up connected to the system, the criminal justice system, the mental health system for much longer than they would otherwise if they simply served a jail sentence. And, you know, to the point of not criminally responsible, um, mental health is what underlies that and this ought to be a wake-up call because there are plenty of people if you go out on the streets um, who probably could benefit from mental health support and are just ticking time bombs as far as a, a tragic incident like this happening yeah, yeah Jerry, I just I, want to re- go ahead just want to reiterate what Prima said john which is the key point yeah those individuals could actually end up in a longer period of time on an NCR situation than if they were to be sentenced in the criminal justice system. They stay there until the system and they've been approved that they're stable to re-enter in society. And that could take years for many people. Although, Jerry, I think, you know, if we synthesize what Courtney and Jer- and, and uh, Karima have said, the real problem is this woman should have gotten mental health help before she pushed somebody off a subway platform. 
Well, that may be true, but it's too late for that now. Um, and do we need to improve mental health supports? I'm sure that we do. I don't know if we can ever catch up. There seems to be such a, an enormous need for it. But at the same time, I worry that uh, there that in some cases there might be a hurry up on the part of people who say, oh, our good work over here at the facility has uh, repaired this person, and he or she is safe now to be back out on the streets. We see stories sometimes. I think it's the case with uh, with Mr. Lee, the guy who tried to cannibalize a fellow um, Greyhound bus passenger in Manitoba. They seem to be trying to hurry him back out into the community. And uh, and he, there's nobody monitoring, I think, whether or not he takes the, the drugs that keep him more or less sane. So while I agree, Courtney was right to start this off by saying it doesn't mean you just walk free out of the courthouse, but uh, but it, it might make it easier. It might make it easier to get out. On the other hand, Courtney's also right that Getting a long prison sentence seems difficult in this country anyway. Thank, thank you all. Good to have you, Karima Sad, Jerry Agar, and Courtney Betty. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.